those customers are paying us anywhere from uh, about $1,000 to $20,000 a month. Oh, wow. Um, so I can do the math for you. We're, we're around, uh, we're, we're well over 3 million ARR now. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Nicholas Chupswick. He is the founder and CEO of On Call Health. Prior to starting the company in 2016, he was an early hire at education technology company Top Hat and marketing technology company Turnstile, which was acquired by Yelp. Nicholas, you ready to take us to the top? Let's go. All right. On Call Health sounds like something that would be taking off in our current era of pandemic around the world. What, what do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, we're a SaaS company. We provide uh, a solution to healthcare providers all the way up to large brands so they can launch and grow their own virtual care program. So essentially offering virtual appointment options over video or text to their own patient base. And what makes that complicated? Why hasn't somebody done that? Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of workflow challenges, uh, a lot of um, security and technology requirements, and then uh, as well as integrations that <laughs> Excuse me. And, uh, no problem. And, uh, and there's, there's a big human element as well around uh, change management, provider training, and, uh, and patient tech support that are required to make a virtual healthcare program successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen as well just a lot of uh, drive from organizations that maybe before the pandemic uh, were opposed to adopting this type of technology or didn't have it as one of their top priorities to now seen a lot of urgency in making it uh, one of their top priorities. Give me a size of sort of the customer you're going after. What's the average customer pay you per month to use the tech? Yeah, so we have um, we have about 700 customers. Uh, about 600 of them are small practices, paying us about $75 a month on average. Uh, and then we, uh, we have um, over 100 customers that we put into our enterprise uh, sort of bracket, which uh, has more... Uh, uh, more advanced kind of um, branding and control over uh, workflow uh, in the system. And those customers are paying us anywhere from uh, about $1,000 to $20,000 a month. Oh, wow. um, so I can do the math for you. We're, we're, around, uh, we're, we're well over 3 million ARR now. That's great. And where were you exactly one year ago? Uh, less than a million. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so incredible growth. Um, yeah. Year. Was your product really already built for the needs that folks had during COVID that had to move to all virtual or did you have to add in a bunch of extra features? 
we were really well positioned, I believe, because we launched kind of at the start of 2017. So we were really well positioned at the beginning of this year to, to capitalize on kind of this moment. And uh, that being said, we're, I mean, we're always adding on to our integrations and API just to, to keep capturing more of the market. Mm-hmm. And did you have you done this all bootstrapped? Uh, no, we've raised uh, our Series A earlier this year. How much did you raise? Uh, we raised six million USD. Was that the right move? Do you regret it? No, really excited about the partner. Um, we're we're a Canadian company, but pushing uh, uh, way more into the US. And uh, Base Ten uh, is our uh, uh, Series A uh, lead investor. They're San Francisco based, and have, they've been amazing in terms of helping us push into the US more. What valuation were you able to negotiate? A range is fine. I mean, you were raising during COVID, a hot, you could argue, really hot company during COVID, you have a real revenue? Yeah, I mean, we got kind of uh, a standard, not uh, absurd, but a standard sort of Series A multiple on revenue. Okay, fair to say you sold somewhere between call it 10 and 20% of the business? Uh, Yeah. Okay, got it. Cool. So somewhere between like a 50 and $80 million valuation. Sure. Okay, very interesting. And and where's most of that money going? Where are you spending it? Uh, So we... uh, the Series A is really going into go-to-market. Um, we've been very outbound sales-driven to get to this point, uh, not too much on the marketing side. So really building that out, partnerships, and then building out kind of a full sales team now. Mm-hmm. When you say lots of outbound sales today, are those quota-carrying sales reps? Yeah, um, no no hard quotas yet, but... Uh, but um, but yes, we have a, a, a few account executives. How do you get good account executives if, there, if there's no commission component to them hitting the quota? You know, the best folks, they want to they wanna eat what they, they kill. Oh, totally. Yeah, we have uncapped commission, but uh, just not uh, enforcing, you know, hard. hard oh, uh, I see. I see. I see. <laughs> so, so, so they can earn. Co- how, many, how many have commission opportunity? All of the account execs. And how, how many is that? Uh, we have three account execs. And then... Our customer success, a lot of our accounts expand. So we work with, um, you know, for example, like a a pharmaceutical company or an insurer that have networks of hundreds of thousands of healthcare providers that we can expand across. Uh, So there's a ton of upsell uh, as part of uh, customer success is actually the largest team in our organization. And uh, how many people? uh, I think close to 10 right now. Oh, wow. 30. Out of 30 total? Yeah. That's interesting. Now, do you, there, there's a kind of a big trend in media SaaS right now where there are CEOs and, and v, you know, CROs and VPs of sales giving the customer success team quota targets and incentivizing them on an expansion metric. Do you guys do that? Yeah, again, not, I think we'll start to look at more individual metrics next year now that we've really started to refine our processes. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, it, we're, we base it off net revenue retention, but, but yes, exactly. Like we want to give our CSMs a commission as well. What's your target net revenue retention? Uh, we've been well over a hundred, uh, for as long as I can remember, uh, just especially because of a lot of that account expansion. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely at least a hundred percent net revenue retention is our goal. And what allows you to drive the expansion? You can't drive expansion without an upsell. So what are you upselling? Is it number of seats? Is it product upsells, a utility-based upsell? Yeah. So there's two components to our pricing. We charge for our enterprise package, which includes our, uh, like fully branded apps. The customers get to become the publisher of their own virtual care apps that we help them create. And then, uh, 
it's, it's essentially like a white label rather than being a custom development. Uh, and then, and, and analytics, uh, and, um, and then we do charge per seat, which is just per healthcare provider. So tell me how that works. If, if I'm a small healthcare provider that signs up today with you for $75 per month, and I'm buying more seats next year as I'm expanding with you, it's because I'm hiring more health practitioners at my little shop. That's right. I see. Interesting. The larger brands will buy licenses at scale for, you know, thousands of providers, for example. So they have a bunch of providers working under them and they're paying for all those providers to access your tool. Yeah. The interesting thing is, you know, we, we do work with some kind of conventional hospital systems, but the larger, like our largest customers are, like I said, pharma companies and insurers that don't directly employ healthcare providers, but they have networks of them. And so it's really interesting nowadays that they can launch a completely new revenue stream uh, by using their network of healthcare providers um, that they don't have to directly employ. And they also don't have to pay for the overhead of running physical clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our technology, think of it like a Shopify for virtual healthcare um, or Shopify plus in that case, uh, being that tech enabler for them to bring their services online and uh, basically uh, run run an entire virtual care program. So, so Nicholas, if you've got 600 of these smaller practices at 75 bucks per month, I mean, that makes up about $45,000 of your $250,000 months of revenue, a $3 million run rate. So it's less than 15% of your business are these yeah. small practices. I could see you, va- you know, you know, validate you spending your time and engineering and customers because on those accounts, if you felt like you could take a $75 a month account and get it to a grand a month or 20 grand a month over time. But I imagine small practices generally stay small practices. Why, why spend any time focused on small practices since you're never going to get them up to 10, 20 grand a month? Yeah, totally agree, Nathan. I, we started out as an SMB uh, vendor until we could work our way up the value chain. Uh, or the, yeah, and and uh, so our first kind of hundred customers were all SMBs. So that is to some extent a legacy part of our business. I see. Uh, we're very focused on the enterprise. That being said, I think there's a huge long tail opportunity in SMB because, in my belief, every healthcare provider is going to have some sort of virtual care technology as part of their practice. Uh, in the next few years, mm-hmm. um, so we're really focused on making that very self serve. Um, it's very self-serve sign up and account management, which we don't really have today and, and, uh, making that kind of a more automated part of our business so we can focus more on the enterprise. Back in 2017, when you started coding this technology, how did you fund the MVP? Uh, so we, uh, we did kind of like a, uh, an angel round, uh, with kind of local investors in Toronto and, and, uh, raised about 200 K. Uh, that allowed us, that lasted us a, a, a long time. How long? Then, uh, a couple years. And then, uh, we raised a, uh, a seed from, uh, Ripple Ventures in late 2018 or sorry, 20, early 2019. And then our series A this year. What was the seed? How much? Uh, it was 1.5 USD. Interesting. Okay. So 200 to 1.5 to 6 million now today. Yes. Was the six million the first priced round? Uh, no, the seed was priced as well. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, we've we've been trying. We're very focused on capital efficiency, so not trying to raise massive rounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what does it mean for a founder like you to be capital efficient? 
Uh, well, it's an evol- it's an evolving definition. I think now in this next phase of the business, um, that's becoming less important to me. Uh, I'm trying to optimize more for growth at this stage and be a little bit more liberal with spending. Uh, but getting to this point, uh, you know, we we were able to uh, to reach kind of a million ARR with only about a million raised. So. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's really important to, I come from a sales background, so we had paying customers from day one. And, uh, I think, you know, that's the engine of the business and, um, yeah, have always just been focused on always growing revenue at the same time as we develop the product. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously you just raised around, now you have to deploy the capital to drive future growth. So your burn's going to go up a little bit currently, but you don't want to drive it too high. You want to see a path to profitability, right? I mean, how comfortable are you Are you in terms of how high do you want to drive burn? How high would you be comfortable driving burn right now? It's a great question. Um, I think we are really going to ramp up, like I said, the go-to-market team, and we will see more significant burn. But at our current growth rate, I, I think we can keep up. And, uh, you know, have a pretty manageable burn rate uh, without having to take on any debt, which we haven't had to do today. What would you consider manageable? I mean, if you're doing a 250 a month right now, right? So you could maybe get up to spending 350, 400, 500 grand a month. So your net burns 250. You have six in the bank. That still gives you plenty of runway. I mean, would you feel comfortable burning total expenses annually or monthly like 500 grand? I think we will have to get up to that for for a while, uh, and yes, I would be I would be comfortable with that, uh, just because it's it's such an incredibly hot market right now for this technology. It feels like a very unique uh, sort of moment in time in which we're well positioned to capitalize. Yep. No, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, interesting. Okay. Very cool. Um, last thing I want to ask about is payback period. So, I mean, what are you willing to spend to get a new seventy five dollar a month customer? That changes quite a bit, uh, especially since we have really only um, started spending significantly on marketing this year. Um, but uh, but the unit economics have been working uh, quite well. Uh, let me just see. Yeah, I think our payback period um, is uh, a few months for, or, or six months for an SMB, and, oh, great. and about two months for an enterprise. That's really good. Yeah, those are really healthy. Very good. All right, Nicholas, let's let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. I just finished uh, Principles by Ray Dalio and, and loved it. Now, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I mentioned Shopify. I think that's my favorite company. So I, I really track the entire executive team there. Yep. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? We live on Salesforce, Slack, and Notion. Uh, Slack is part of Salesforce now. I hope they buy Notion next. <laughs> we'll see. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, I'm I'm a big sleep guy. Eight hours for sure. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, in a relationship, no kids. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 29. 29. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Always be present. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Guys, on call health. They went from a million dollar run rate a year ago to over a three million dollar run rate today. They've just raised an additional six million bucks to drive growth, helping practices 
handle the now because of the pandemic virtual demand they're getting from their patients. Launched the company in 2017, again, well-positioned, currently 700 customers on the platform, 600 smaller practices, 100 enterprises, uh, looking to drive growth of the company, 30 people on the team today, three quota-carrying reps as they look to scale, well over 100% net revenue retention rate as they upsell white-label product and additional seats. Nicholas, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan. Take care.